Hey, hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of Clinic Growth Secrets. This is your host, Jeff Van Campen, and this is the show where we teach you how to get more patients, make more profit per patient, and show you how to keep them as long as humanly possible. And we share the many wisdoms that we've learned along the way. And today, and today we have another special guest. We've had a we've had a long theme. I haven't done a solo episode in a while, but I'm really, really excited to talk to this gentleman today. Uh, he's going to be able to share a lot of wisdom in terms of you know, building brick and mortar practices and also talking about what he's done in the chiropractic consulting industry. But before we get into any of the value, as a listener of this show, you know that we have a fee and the fee is very simple. We're not going to ask for Venmo. We're not going to ask you to send us cash in the mail, but we will ask that if you get value from the show, that you share it with somebody in your life who would also get value. So if we make you laugh, we make you think, maybe we make you cry, Share the show with somebody who's also going to get that value because that is how we grow the show. We grow on word of mouth. We don't fill your ads full of e or fill your ears full of ads. So the only way we get our message out there is by word of mouth. Okay, so pay the fee, my friends. And so today we have with us Dr. Lance Van Stade, who is a man of many skills and ventures. Okay, and Dr. Lance, just to give you guys a little bit of context. He is the owner of two chiropractic locations in the San Francisco area, the Golden Gate Chiropractic Centers. He has a new project he's working on, a functional health and healing center that he's going to be formally launching in January. And he's also the co-founder and lead facilitator of Kairos Training Culture. In addition, he's also been an Olympic performing coach in London in 2012, where he prepped the Chinese judo team in Beijing leading up to the Olympics. Dr. Lance, you're a man of many skills. I appreciate you spending time with us today. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Nice to I'll, be here. Always, man. Always. I'm really excited to learn about what you've done and what you're looking to do in the future. So as we start, I want to know, obviously, you're really, really heavy in the chiropractic space. You've added a lot of value in the brick and mortar. You've added a lot of value in terms of training docs on how to run successful offices. How did this all get started for you, though, man? Like, What got you into chiropractic? Yes, I uh, was a math major in undergrad. Uh, ironically, because uh, I had a C in my very first college math class. So it was a pretty early indicator that that wasn't going to be my long game. Um, I was a track athlete in college as well, broke my ankle. They got carried into an athletic training room. And I didn't even know that place existed before that. And uh, that person, Bobby Boswell, the athletic trainer, got, uh, got my attention because he was living a life that I didn't even realize was possible. Sports medicine, uh, he was the head athletic trainer for USA Gymnastics and USA Wrestling. Uh, as soon as my ankle could heal and I could walk, I started following him around uh, across the country, uh, sleeping on wrestling mats, volunteering. I was 19 years old, uh, you know, plugging wrestlers' noses with with tampons and and realizing, like, wow, man, I love the human body. I love to help athletes perform better, heal as quickly as possible, uh, and to feel like I'm I'm doing a job when I don't feel like I'm working. And so I, I just put all of my eggs in that basket, became the best sports medicine professional I possibly could through athletic training, uh, worked my way through Long Beach State, and then got hired immediately out of school with USA Water Polo. Uh, and I was basically through networking and working 80 hours a week while I was an undergrad, um, sacrificed a lot of social life and travel and different things just to put my uh, professional game on. Uh, traveled the world, 15 different countries in two years with them. We won back-to-back -back world championships. And through that, got to meet incredible professionals in the sports medicine, sports performance space. Uh, we didn't have a strength coach. And so they gave me that role as well with USA Water Polo for those two years. So I became a head athletic trainer and the strength coach for the USA women's national team. And uh, once I finished that job, 
uh, went to chiropractic school. The reason for that was that I had got an adjustment by uh, Rick Fox, who was a doc down in, I think, Santa Barbara or somewhere, when we were working with AVP together, the Association of Volleyball Professionals. And uh, it was like the knee move, hands behind the head, just blew up my thoracics. And it was an experience that I had never had in any other modality of health or healing. And uh, I knew I wanted to provide that experience for other people. It was like, how do I uh, give that sensation to someone? Because I'm pretty sure when I'm rubbing a piriformis, they're not having this aha moment. And uh, then I went to Rome, the world championships in 2009, and the head the head coach of the men's national team for water polo is Terry Schroeder. I imagine a lot of chiropractors already know that. Uh, but for me, he wasn't the name. He was just the head coach of USA water polo, but I had worked on an athlete there for probably two hours straight. She was our starting attacker. She had a pain when she took a breath in, couldn't lift her arm over her head without pain. And it was the night before our gold medal match. So a lot of pressure on me, the athletic trainer to help her feel better, to perform best so we can win this gold. And uh, 11 o'clock at night, I'm like at wit's end. I have used every tool in my bat belt as an athletic trainer with PNF stretching and Graston and taping and everything I could. Uh, he is in his hotel room down the hall. So we go knock on his door. He opens it up in this bathrobe looking like a Greek god, like water polo players and Terry does. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, it hurts when you breathe, lay on the floor. And he adjusted her rib. It was, I mean, you know, a fifth of a second and she had incredible relief. Uh, and the next day we win the gold medal and it was like, Oh, <laughs> that's a tool and a moment I never want to have again. Uh, so that was another indicator. And then for me, I had massively burnt out in that, that track for me. I had put all my eggs in my professional development, did not uh, develop myself as a human being that my character was not keeping up with my professional accolades and had a massive rock bottom, just like, we won the gold medal again. I got drunk and ended up getting let go from that position. It was like a heartbreak shred me in half. I thought my life was over. And my uh, the person who got me that job, Karen Block, basically took me aside. And she's like, dude, you had it on a silver platter. Like, you need more education. You need more experience. You need to just go develop yourself. Go to chiropractic school like I did because it changed my life. And I already had a lot of indicators that that was going to be the case for me, but that was to me like the final, like, okay, Karen, I will go do this. Thank you. You've already changed my life. And so I went to chiropractic school and then a quarter in, I got a call from Rhett Larson, who was the performance manager for the Chinese Olympic team. And he's like, Hey dude, uh, we need somebody ASAP. Can you come out to Beijing and basically live here as we prep with this multidisciplinary team from around the world that got recruited to, live on the Olympic training center and, um, and work with those athletes. And so that to me was the aha moment that, okay, I'm in chiropractic school trying to prove to myself that I'm not worthless. And I know I have some skills. The fact that Rhett called me to me was like the, it was the accelerator on the healing process for myself. And that brought me back toward performance training, lived in Beijing, took a quarter off, came back uh, to chiropractic school. And that's when, Kairos training culture was born. That's when, um, you know, chiropractic had a whole new lens because I was healing myself as I went through the journey emotionally and from an identity standpoint, but then I had been re-dipped in Olympic level performance training and realizing that humans are capable of incredible things. And so then I got to spend, you know, the next three and a half years developing uh, what chiropractic is, what it can do for the human body while I experienced all that 
uh, incredible healing within my own body and saw how my life changed. And so the uh, conviction that I had uh, informed everything that I did within the profession. I love that, man. It's, it's sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes it takes a little bit of that rock bottom to find out where we really need to go there, you know? The greatest it, gift, man. Yeah. It, truly, truly. At the time, it doesn't feel like it, though. You know, yeah. I mean, you had said that you had, you know, had a few, a couple drinks, got yourself let go for the position. You probably woke up the next day, you're like, oh my gosh, like my life is in shambles. You know what I mean? Totally. But it, it was, it forced you to rebuild. Do you feel like up to this point in your career, was that the most pivotal point for you? Or was there something else that was more pivotal? Oh man, when I was 19, I hit my first rock bottom and that okay. was just coming from a, a gnarly place personally. Mm -hmm. Parents split. I had full autonomy at home with no like accountability and so i did everything in high school that most people wait to do in college sure. and kind of like <laughs> by the time i was in my freshman year of, of college i was living i lived every life that i had ever wanted that you saw in fight club or old school all these movies that came out when we were in high school like mm -hmm. i just got to do anything i wanted um and then yeah i was just getting in trouble and i remember getting kicked out of a house where like we were selling drugs and like not seemingly having a bright future and yeah. that was, again, it was like, I remember like black eye, broken hand, like my landlord throwing me onto the front lawn of the house. There's cops there. I was just like, whoa, dude, <laughs> this, That's this crazy. isn't it. <laughs> this yeah. isn't it. Dang. Uh, and that I was very lucky, man, because I had a big support system. I did have family that I could like go home to and like, get my shit together, transferred colleges. Like it was a fresh start at 19 where some people don't get that fresh start ever or later in life when they have way more strings attached. Um, so I got to learn that first lesson. And that was when I, I got it together. I laser focused into my profession because I was basically trying to run away from my personal, my character traits that I didn't think were good. I needed to become someone new, but I never outran them and I never developed them. And so then, you know, we win the world championships. I'm going to party like I'm 19 because I haven't done anything different in the last six years. Mm -hmm. And so I, I got to feel like this is what achievement feels like. Here, here I am, head athletic trainer of, of uh, a national governing body at 24. It's, it's kind of silly to even think about a 24-year-old having that much responsibility. Uh, but I was still a 19-year-old mentally and emotionally. And so, again, massive gift. If that wouldn't have happened at 25, if I wouldn't have got let go of that job, I may not be a chiropractor. I may not understand holistic health and healing in a way that now feeds me and through me, my children, I wouldn't have been ready to meet my wife if I would have met her without having gone through all of that personal development and having to reconcile the, the emptiness that was in me personally, even though professionally I was feeling achievement, but not fulfillment, uh, she would not have wanted to have anything to do with me. So yeah, totally, man. It's like these, these bottom bounces are what propel me up like a trampoline to, to a life now that I feel even prepared to, to be on a show like this because I hope as many people as possible get to feel what I get to feel every day doing what I do. Yes. I love that, man. And when you think about, you know, you've got the journey of the, of the, of the entrepreneur, the person that's trying to develop themselves over and over in the healthcare space and really inside of the world where you look at this journey and you see, you see growth and then you see a massive decrease as far as like a rock bottom. And then you go down a little bit and then you go even higher. So you got 19 rock bottom, 25 rock bottom, but yep. those rock bottoms allowed you to create the conviction, clarity, and sincerity you have with the practice and your relationship with yourself right now, you know, yeah. and that, and where does, you know, so you're, so you're 25, when, when does Golden Gate Chiropractic Center, when, when does that come around? Yes, I graduated Life West in 2015. Okay. Uh, joined the Source Chiropractic with Brett Jones in Oakland. 
did that as an associate for a year. Um, and, and then my wife got hired at UCSF medical center. It's a hospital in San Francisco. And, uh, and that was like, that's pr primo social worker position. And, uh, I've always wanted to live in San Francisco. I, I grew up two hours East. And when you go to San Francisco, you have to drive across treasure Island. You have to pay a, a fee to get mm -hmm. into the city. It's like, it feels like Disneyland when you get there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always wanted to try it. And because of a chiropractor, I can, I can open anywhere. Uh, an opportunity came up to purchase a practice from someone who was basically retiring, not by choice. It was kind of, he got, he got outpriced on rent and uh, sure. didn't, he was commuting and it was, wasn't worth it for him anywhere. So he uh, did the handoff. I, I acquired the practice and purchased it. And then did a handoff with him over the next six months. That was in 2017. So I, I bought Golden Gate Chiropractic Center in 2017 and uh, changed it to Golden Gate Chiropractic branded it differently to Goga Cairo over time. And, uh, and now we're, I don't know, five or six years in and crushing, feeling great. Love it. And if I remember right, it was at the, um, within that same business that you guys are just moving spaces recently. I saw we were, I was looking at your story on Instagram and I kind of replied to that. Was that, was that the golden gate office that you were moving out of the original one or what would talk yeah. to me about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we opened in, uh, when I bought the business, it was on Lombard street. And then we moved it three blocks up the street because he had been outpriced legitimately. The landlord was unwilling to, to negotiate, but someone else was, I found a chiropractor who uh, had just been divorced and her hands were hurting. And, you know, I just walked in trying to say, Hey, I'm about to buy this business, trying to meet other chiropractors in the neighborhood. And she's like, Oh, great. Welcome to the neighborhood. You're going to love it. And within 15 minutes, she's calling me back. Like you have to take over my lease. You have to get me out of this, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it came came to be that she had a coach who was kind of coaching her on what to say and how and all that. And uh, I ended up getting to take over her lease. I moved the business from Lombard up onto Webster and Union, um, totally different community, even though it's only a quarter mile difference. And uh, and then we were there for five years. It was an upstairs unit, five individual bedrooms, like a, a luxury apartment, uh, very San Francisco, you know, separate bathroom from sink and uh, it, it was great for as long as it lasted, but my intention is to someday sell this business. And I already, every time I have a, a preceptor, postceptor, associate, whoever's on that track, you know, I, I talk to them about, would you want to buy this from me someday? And how do we build this in a way that we're building your business so that they're, they're investing in it in that way. And I may not sell all of it. I may sell all of it or partial, but either way, they know like we're building this together. And one of the things they had said was, you know, I, I don't want compartmentalized rooms. I want an open bay practice. And so we already knew we were going to be finding a new space. They also preferred, and I preferred also, was uh, ground level. But before COVID, ground level San Francisco commercial spaces were crazy expensive. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, uh, everything dropped and it kind of like right-sized the market. Uh, and that opened up a possibility for us to get onto a ground level open bay unit that was cheaper than our second level compartmentalized unit. Uh, so during 2022, um, when COVID obviously was getting through the, the shit of it, uh, and we started to see some price corrections, like commercial spaces were starting to fill because most of San Francisco, I think, and emptied out for those that uh, when the leases transitioned. Uh, so I just saw an opportunity. And even though it was a lot for our team, uh, literally in the last three months, we moved two different locations. Uh, so our original location, we moved just two blocks away to a ground level uh, open base space. 
And during COVID, I had also acquired a, a lease at a 400 square foot, tiny little studio that I'm in right now that's 10 doors down from my house. And I knew worst case scenario, like 400 square feet is affordable. It was a month to month lease. It was COVID. The person had just bought the building with cash. And so she was at risk of having to pay for a building with no tenant. So I, I gave her kind of a, a low ball, like, hey, I don't know if it's going to work, but let me try to open a chiropractic office in this little 400 square foot space. Uh, we ended up growing this practice in the first year to uh, $400,000 in that uh, first year. Uh, so validated that a second location was possible in San Francisco without sacrificing the, the revenue from our first location because it's north and south of the city. Uh, and then within the last literally month, within the last month, we just moved Golden Gate from this location to not a 400 square foot, but a 1400 square foot open space right next to the private high school that we provide chiropractic services to their athletic department. So it's just like a golden opportunity there again, before price correction completely happened. Uh, we started negotiating that lease in, I think, April of this year. So it took about six months, dumped about 30K into renovations uh, and just opened doors two weeks ago. So now, so, yeah, we have a location on the on the north side, of the marina, on the south side in uh, the Sunset District. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm sitting in this this little 400 square foot spot that's like a bedroom practice down the street from my house. And we have big visions for this, but it's a totally different model. We're always a big work in progress there, man. That's super awesome. Yeah. So you so you joined the source in, in 2015. You end up purchasing an office, uh, an existing office in 2017. You work out of there for five years. It's kind of this luxury, kind of all big room up and down space of a, of a building. And 2022 comes around. You get some price corrections. You say, hey, here's an opportunity for us to get a single level space. And the intention for you, as you said, is to to really at some point maybe sell, otherwise have the business kind of systematically run for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so you've had experience now over the last five years, even really in the last decade, you know, building offices, opening multiple locations. Okay. So some of the listeners on this show, they have aspirations to do that. Okay. So yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to pick your brain, you know, what would, what would be one thing that you think, man, like uh, maybe, maybe like a mistake that you made, you know, when thinking about opening lo big location or multiple locations, like you say, someone came to you and said, Hey, I'm going to, I want to open a second location and yeah. I'm considering doing it this way. Right. What would be some advice on that standpoint? Things that you may have done wrong, things that you would have done differently. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'd like the way that I did it for the okay. second location. Um, and it, the lesson to me before you even, I think even hire an associate, you know, it's just get your lead generation process down, like know where you are getting new people from in an energy conserving way. Cause I think the biggest mistake I made in the first, even three years of opening uh, and COVID was a gift to us because we corrected ourselves, finally did online marketing before that it was all event marketing, word of mouth and referrals, which was great. We, we grew but it was tiresome and exhausting to be doing two to three lunch and learns every week, doing dinners with the docs in the evenings, which to me was like, it was the, the blueprint for success that I had seen work for other docs. But those docs didn't have the same value set that I have. And I prioritize time with my family over anything. And so I've built my entire business. I'm not even the highest paid chiropractor on my staff because I get paid in the time and autonomy and I incentivize my docs to feel like an owner so that they're not going to leave. And I feel very safe with our model because I know that they're making enough and they're incentivized to make more. 
I make enough and I still get kicked back on the profit side at the end of the year, but my time is so valuable. When I was building using lunch and learns and dinners with the docs and BNI meetings and networking events and like just pounding the pavement out doing screenings, um, I didn't realize that small degradation of my quality of life at home because I didn't know any different. I was like, oh, this is what chiropractors do. They spend every waking hour networking, um, you know, turning the crank. But uh, it wasn't until my second child was born, Connor, where I took three to four weeks, I forget exactly, but uh, paternity leave. And when I was at home for that long, it felt like the first time since my firstborn was, was in the world that I looked him in the eye and really felt like we had a moment of deep connection. Because up to that point, I would carry him, I'd take him to the daycare, I'd play with him. But even playing with him, I was so overwhelmed and stressed that I don't think I was ever actually present with him to the level that I realized was possible. When I was at home for paternity leave and it was him and I kicking it a lot because Monica was with Connor breastfeeding and trying to get any ounce of sleep she could, uh, he and I really connected. And then when I went back to work, that was when I finally felt the pain of that that longing for that connection. Mm -hmm. And and that was really hard to, to go back and not feel uh, like I had lost something now. Because before I was living my dream, I became the chiropractor that I'd worked so hard to become. I was growing or we seeing all the numbers rise. Um, but Monica, my wife, she holds she holds down the, the Ford at home so well. And um, if I'm not sensitive and careful, like I won't even realize that she's carrying all this burden at home without me contributing. And so I learned that lesson during paternity leave and then going back to the same methods of lead gen and new patient acquisition. Um, and then basically when COVID hit, that was when... Uh, we had to pivot because there were no lunch and learns and there was no ca capacity for dinner with the doc in San Francisco. Uh, restaurants were closed. All the different relationships we had basically ended because so many people moved out of the city. We kind of had to start from scratch in some way. And I just remembered seeing this comment on like a click funnels thread or something like someone was asking, Oh, share your secrets. Blah, 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 blah. And there was just this perfect line that was so simple from someone who after I, I saw it, I was like, huh, is it that simple? And I clicked into his profile. It looks like, yeah, he, he seems to be doing well. And it was just, I pay for traffic. That was it. And so I was like, okay, I have never really paid for traffic. I have done lunch lunch. I've paid with my time. I've paid with my elbow grease. I've, I've put in a lot of work, but I've never literally put my dollars onto an ad. And so we created our, and the other piece uh, side note was Kairos training culture. We built on organic Facebook. So I had already built an international successful business with Brett that we didn't have to pay for traffic. We just crushed. And so I had this bias that you don't have to pay for traffic to be successful, but that was also in prime time, organic Facebook mode. Yep. And that we weren't, we weren't in that world anymore. And so we created an ad, we launched it, we paid for traffic. We got our first people in the door and all of a sudden our new patient numbers were matching what we had been doing when we were doing 60 lunch and learns a year. And uh, we weren't having to leave the building. <laughs> and so all of a sudden we were getting matched numbers uh, with similar conversions to care plans. And uh, the price was even less because we weren't having to buy dinners at San Francisco prices. And we weren't having to take our evenings and weekends and all of a sudden, we did an entire two years of just Facebook ads and continued to grow at the same rate that we were previously. 
And so that was the lesson to me was that uh, physical events have a space. They are very effective for building um, trust in your community. And so I don't think leaving them without doing them is important is is an option that's viable. But I think now having learned that paying for traffic is a really valuable thing too. Well said. And uh, one of the things that you said that I really, really want to touch on, because this is super important, and we're going to talk about, you know, the paid traffic, and we're going to get into the marketing wizardry too. Uh, but one of the things you said that's super important is creating almost time constraints for yourself and re your relationship to your business. Okay, so that when we talk about people, and you've coached a lot of docs, I've coached a lot of docs, like a lot of people like, you know, they have this vision, they're like, hey, I want to get to 100,000 a month, 150,000 a month, whatever it is, whatever the vision looks like, okay. And I, I, you know, one of the things I asked them, I said, I, you know, are you able to do that without doubling the amount of hours you work in the business? And many of them are like, no, nah, you know, I don't, I don't think I can do that. I said, well, then let me ask you this. You're working 40 hours a week. Now, are you willing to work 80 hours a week and separate yourself from your family and all that kind of stuff? And the answer is usually no. And so the, the lesson there and what you've alluded to is that anyone can have a big business. Okay, if you work 90 hours a week and you, you take all the time away from your friends and family and you don't take care of yourself, you don't eat, you don't drink, you don't, you know, you mean you don't sleep. Anyone can do that. But it's the true legends and the true business owners that are able to do that in the time constraints that they want. So whenever I have someone engineer their business, and maybe you do the same. It's what revenue do you want to get to? And that's the first thing. And the other constraint is how much time do you personally want to put in to actually get that? Okay. And I think that's such a big thing because we live in such the, we live in the hustle culture. We admire the hustle culture. We're like, Hey, you know, you know, the Gary V don't just work all day, you know, do don't even, don't even do anything but work. Right. Elon Musk kind of deal. But I think for many people, like, like to your point, like the family has to come first. And if you wake up one day and all of a sudden your kids are 20 years old and you realize you didn't see the first 20 years of your life, that's going to feel a lot worse than having a lot of money in your bank account. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I very much yeah. admire that because that's something that I think a lot of people don't consider when they're building businesses. You kind of went through that and learned firsthand, but it's such an important little nugget there that I wanted to just mention that because you've alluded to it so per so perfectly, honestly. And with that, you're like, okay, I want to build this business, but I can't be spending so much of my time. I got two kids. I got a wife. You know what I mean? Like I got to spend time. You have two kids, right? Right yeah. now? two children, yeah. right? And, you know, so I have to be able to do this without killing myself, right? And so then you, you discover the online world, the online patient acquisition, which is really the, the bread and butter of most of acquisition at this time. I'm sure that I think the dinners and stuff very much have a space, obviously. Um, but I think the, the, the world is such that like online is so pivotal. And so is that something that you learned how to do yourself or you, you, you had others involved or what did that process look for, look for you in the beginning? Yeah, we, we built... Kairos on Facebook organic. So we had some experience just uh, putting content out and negotiating, uh, I guess, nourishing uh, an online community. Mm -hmm. And that was when groups also were just crushing and you weren't in 45 groups. <laughs> you know, people had one or two groups that they were in. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was, it was simple for us. Uh, when we pivoted to ads, uh, it also didn't seem like there was an abundance of agencies that were beating down our door. Uh, so I just started YouTubing things and teaching myself how to do it. Uh, Jordan Fairley is is now the CEO of the Source Chiropractic, and uh, he and I are best friends. Like we just we homie down a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he was uh, pivotal for the growth of Kairos training culture as well, and uh, was uh, a ClickFunnels guru. You know, he became sure. that, taught himself how to do that. So yeah. just watching him go through that process, uh, and then starting to uh, educate myself on YouTube, and then 
working with other people who may have been doing it in casual conversations and just little by little uh, at that time, it didn't take much skill to be able to do it. There wasn't a lot of competitive landscape, especially in chiropractic. If, if you were using target um, like keywords in our neck of the woods, like there weren't a lot of people doing it. And so sure. I, think, I think I was lucky to be early enough. I wouldn't even say I was early. I think I was actually late, but there weren't other people that were mm -hmm. uh, earlier than me. And so, yeah, it was simple. We just went pretty broad. Didn't even have to go very specific uh, and had success. But yeah, it was for the most part self-taught. And then eventually once I realized, man, it's just taking some time uh, to keep updating them as we start to plateau or, you know, the, the freshness of the ads change. Uh, then I ended up hiring uh, an agency and loved the guy. He was super small at the time. So we got good pricing and, and, and now he, he just maintains, we have a video editor that helps us with our, our videos, kick it over to him. And then he puts it on and, and maintains it. We get reports. If it plateaus, we shift. Um, but that also was, I now understand it enough because I was the one that learned how to do it, taught right. it myself. I got to the point where I no longer wanted to trade my time for the results and then it was worth knowing what I'm paying for. I'm paying for my time. I'm not paying for Facebook ads. Yep. And that's that's always to me the trade-off is I will do it and run with it because I'd rather have the lessons and the skill sets. And then I will trade, once I get the skill sets and the lessons, I can hold a quality assurance on the independent contractors that I provide services to or that I bring on. Um, but in the past, I've also wasted money when I don't know enough. And then I hire somebody and I don't know how to hold them accountable. And that's, that's not something I'm willing to do either. Another, another brilliant golden nugget there. Learn the skills and then delegate the skills so you can hold somebody accountable because you actually know what's going on. See yeah. many people that come in and whether it's, you know, with a marketing space or, you know, even lead management where it's like you just delegate to somebody and they, the owners and CEOs and the really the decision makers, they don't have any idea on how the system is run. And so they can't actually evaluate if the KPIs are even being met because they don't know what the KPIs are. You know what I yeah, mean? Totally. Yeah. Very, very well said. Very well said. Well, very awesome, man. I want to I want to make sure we do touch on, you know, you've mentioned the Kairos training culture a lot. And we I want to make sure we touch on that too. You know, that was something that you guys started. When was that? Was that back already in 2015? Or when was when did that take off? Uh, 2011 was when oh, okay. we started training. Okay. Uh, we just incorporated in 2015. But 2011 was when we started our own practice of training the art of chiropractic. It was, it was Brett Jones, myself, John McCarthy, and Paulo Feely in a dark, deep 6 a.m. adjusting room on the mm -hmm. side of campus. Uh, and we just wanted to be better at chiropractic. Brett was a couple of years ahead of us as, as like first quarter, third quarter, wherever we were students. Uh, I just came out of training athletes for the Olympics and realizing like, if you want to be the best of the best, you have to train. Um, Brett was, you know, martial arts, uh, ex-athlete like he also recognized the importance of needing to train mm -hmm. uh, it was a physical skill but we weren't doing any physical training in any of our classes we were just putting our hands on poseology and doing some like micro impulses uh, fake thrust stuff and uh, for me also it was about injury prevention because I saw 50% of chiropractors were getting injured in the first five years of practice my whole career had been built on preventing injuries of the best of the best because as they train more and more, their bodies might break down and injury prevention is performance training. And so it was all baked in where Brett was uh, two years ahead and just crushing every seminar possible. He would bring it into this training group that we had. We would train it uh, and try to take the best from all the different people in the profession from an artistry standpoint. And then uh, there was a mission trip that 
these younger students, because we had done that for a couple quarters, and then younger students to us wanted to go on a mission trip. And the, the theme was so many people go on a mission trip to get practice instead of going to serve a community in need. And so if you're going to go serve in need, then you should probably practice before the game. And so we invited them in and trained. Uh, and Brett was still almost isolatedly leading this at this time. So he was training these 12 students on how to become better adjusters so that they could go on this mission trip together and actually provide a service and not hurt people and not feel like they're underserving or just selfishly trying to serve themselves. Uh, and then over time, the, the crew grew from 4 to 12 to 24 to 36 to 64 and at one point at life west we had a, over 100 people showing up to a 6 a.m training uh for what was at the time called adjusting ninjas <laughs> and i love uh, that yeah and then uh we did that i think brett must have graduated in 2013 or so um and then he started building his practice and then we would go and train at his office and eventually it grew in 2015 i graduated and, and brett and i got invited to life university we did a seminar uh, there for about 12 students, um, kind of validated that uh, his artistry was like way above average for someone who had just graduated two years ago. Uh, I could provide movement training, performance training, injury prevention strategies uh, at a, an Olympic level. And that combination of forces, as well as his, uh, I think, propensity for new and exploring and just tearing to shreds things that may not make sense to other people and, and finding new information that was relevant to what we're doing now to make it better. Uh, and my uh, need for validation. So I would chase down articles to validate new things that we had found that may mm -hmm. not be uh, validated in the chiropractic world yet, but are validated in other worlds. And, you know, there's many sciences that come together and, and um, that validate the art in the way that that can be provided. Mm -hmm. So we combined and created a training program that was six months. We made online modules and those became available for sale. But we also did uh, in-person seminar events, at, I think tw like 25 different chiropractic colleges in two or three years. Wow. Uh, traveled to however many countries that was. But I mean, I think four to five continents. And, you know, I was in my first year, two years of having graduated. So even though I worked at the source, he and I were also traveling the world. Uh, even though I bought Golden Gate Chiropractic, we were also trying to build Kairos training culture. Uh, that was also a very challenging time, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. say it was a mistake. Uh, it, it wore me thin, but it built a foundation of of a brand that he and I, I think, are are have established for ourselves as well as for Kairos training culture that that attracts uh, attention from DCs in the world. Uh, all of my associates and postceptors and preceptors found out about us through Kairos. And I know that they're trained and high quality people, not just from an artistry standpoint, but from a character standpoint, because that's a big part of Kairos mm -hmm. developing the whole chiropractor. Um, and, and now we have a, a community. Most importantly to me is uh, I'm on fire in the profession and for what we do, because I'm connected to literally thousands of other people who are, are dedicated to evolving the art of chiropractic and elevating human consciousness and uh, hold themselves accountable to that and stay in community with people. Having gone through COVID with this community, it was really empowering to have others and what other people around the world are doing. Um, and I love every moment that I spend developing that, that mission, you know, evolving the art of chiropractic. That's beautiful. It's a very, very all encompassing program, you know, 
start, it really, really focuses on the, the entire growth of the individual, it sounds like, rather than just, hey, become a better adjuster here, become a better, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot more, but it's a lot more involvement, you know what I mean? And it reminds me, it reminds me similar of, 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 of your story, you know, like you hit rock bottom at 19, you find a little bit of yourself, you hit rock bottom at 25 and you find more of yourself, you know what I mean? And so you're able to bake all those lessons and have those trainings because you've gone through it yourself, you know, and that's, that's an amazing vision. Well, my friend, I, I appreciate that. And um, I, I'm glad that uh, what's, what's the vision, you know, as far as like the next, I don't know, you guys have been at it for a little over 10 years already in Kairos. What, what's the vision for it over the next, let's say 10 years? Yeah. I mean, the vision is to elevate human consciousness, you know, and how we do it is by evolving the art of chiropractic. That's, that's straight up. And the, Simple. The, the freeing thing for me is I don't have any metrics that dictate success because it's the activity that I'm addicted to. So as long as we're that. moving those things forward and we're doing the daily work of evolving and elevating, uh, I know success will happen. I measure metrics of success personally and whether I'm on track by, uh, is my business growing? Is my family healthy? Am I healthy? That's it. If those three things are happening and I'm getting to evolve the art and elevate human consciousness, then we're good. And we'll just keep doing it again. Simple. Morning. Simple. I love that, man. I love it. Well, I do. Uh, I know we have a, a, only like a minute or so left here. I want to be very respectful of your time. I do have one last question I want to throw you, you know, yeah. and it's a kind of a hypothetical question, but it gives a good little context of kind of how the brain thinks. And again, you've had a lot of industry and personal experience. So um, the question I have for you is this. Let's say you wake up tomorrow and you lose everything. You lose your practice, you lose your cash, you lose your coaching company, you don't have any more relationships, but you still have all your knowledge and skills. You've got 30 days to bring everything back and build it as high as you can to replace the things that you currently have in life. Where are you going to start? I would start 10 doors down from my house in a 400 square foot office. I might do five if I now know the knowledge. 400 is tight. Sure. Uh, but I would stay close to home. I'd have an office that I could go in and out of very easily. I would choose 10 people in the market that I want to spend my life serving, the people I'm inspired to serve as I help them heal and connect with themselves. The work that they do is inspiring. Uh, and I would just serve the hell out of those 10 people so that they had such an amazing experience that they would each tell 10 people. And then when those people come in, I would serve the hell out of them as close as possible to ideal to where they would tell 10 people and I would be done. That's the simple concept. It's just the the multiplier of the referral effect. Uh, but it starts with the 10 people uh, that I am excited. I don't get bogged down by serving. And then, you know, I get the inspiration that funnels back because I know that the work that is being done through the work I'm facilitating, uh, it's enough. And because I'm doing it in my neighborhood, that directly affects my kids, my family. I'm serving my community. And then it would grow from there. And once, you know, thousand true fans is is a concept from kevin kelly but in a chiropractic office one doc uh you really only need like 400 people who are willing to pay you something monthly and you will have enough then you can get an associate and then that guy or girl can do 400 a month whatever and you're done man it just grows from there but it starts with the first 10 people that you give an unbelievable experience to and then they'll tell their friends does it does very well said uh karma karma i always say karma compounds faster than revenue you treat people okay. well the karma is going to be there you'll have goodwill you'll have good karma debt and that'll come back to you very well said 
Dr. Lance, I appreciate you spending time. Hey, if people, if people, you know, really admired you and admired your wisdom on the show today, you know, where can they connect with you? Where can they find you? Yeah. The easiest way is uh, Instagram, Dr. Lance Bonstade. Awesome. And, uh, all things can grow from there. That sounds brilliant. Well, I will be linking out Dr. Lance's information below. I'll link out the, the Kairos, a little bit about his practice and in his Instagram as well. You guys feel free to connect. Uh, Dr. Lance, I majorly appreciate you spending time with us today, being a part of the Clinic Grow Secret Show. And for those of you that are listening, if you got value, you guys remember what to do. Check out Dr. Lance, learn about more about his work, and remember to pay the fee if you got some value. We grow on word of mouth. My friends, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Dr. Lance, thank you for being here. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers. Later.